Hello and welcome to episode number 442 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. I'm Sarah Wendell from Smart Bitches and today my guest is Aaron Galloway from Berkeley. We are going to talk about all the romances that are coming out this year. We've got competency porn romance, bodyguards protecting brilliant women and hilarious mysteries. Plus we take a side trip into illustrated cover art and how the appearance of romance has changed. We apologize in advance for the damage to your TBR. I have a compliment to give in this episode, which is among my favorite things, to Elysia S. Archaeologists have discovered several images related to fierce, revered goddesses in ancient societies, all of whom resemble you, your style, and they're wearing your favorite piece of jewelry. If you would like a compliment of your own, or if you would like to support the show, have a look at patreon.com slash smartbitches. Monthly pledges, which begin with one entire dollar, keep the show going and make sure every episode is accessible to everyone. I want to say a special hello to Rachel, who is a new patron, who was having an absolutely craptastic week as a teacher in a school that is open and used our last episode to laugh herself back into a better mood. Thank you, Rachel, for joining the Patreon and thank you for doing what you do. Stay safe and stay golden, okay? This podcast is brought to you in part by Prose. Now, if you have caught Amanda on our Twitch stream, we've talked a lot about her use of the curly girl method to embrace her curly hair, which is gorgeous, by the way. And as my hair has grown out in the quarantines, I also realized that it is wavy, which is unheard of. Do I know how to take care of wavy hair and encourage it to do its thing? No, no, I do not. I have been researching products to try and Prose's opportunity came at the perfect time. Prose creates custom shampoo and conditioners based on your personal hair analysis and their algorithm. There is an online quiz, and their online quiz dives into every conceivable factor that affects the health of your hair. My particular favorite part was telling it my zip code, and then pros telling me that humidity is a factor in my environment. I live outside D.C. Yes, it is very humid in the summer. Their algorithm personalizes over 50 billion formula combinations, and they come up with a unique blend of ingredients and products that address my exact concerns. In my case, though, my exact concerns were, what the heck do I do with wavy hair? I am really excited that their products are sustainably sourced, and they're cruelty-free, and they can accommodate any preference, including vegan products, gluten-free, and more. And if I'm not 100% positive pros is the best hair care I've had, they will take the products back, no question asked. I am going to be trying a shampoo and conditioner plus a dry shampoo, which I'm very curious about. And if you have wavy hair suggestions, please let me know. If you, like me, are on the what is my hair doing journey and you want to try Pros, I have a coupon. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take their free in-depth hair quiz and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash trashybooks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash trashybooks for your free in-depth hair quiz and 15% off. I will have links to all, all, all of the books that we talk about in this episode, and I will have links to the episodes and other topics we discuss as well in the show notes, and you know where they are. They're at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast. Now, I want to know, what are you looking forward to reading this year? Is there a book that you are thinking, holy smoke, I really want to read that? I'm curious. Let me know. sbjpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can send me a bad joke because you know I end every episode with a very bad joke. I hope this episode gives you lots of new reads to look forward to this year. Having things to look forward to right now is extremely important for me. I presume it is for you, too. And if you're hearing about a book and you're thinking, oh, I want to try that, can pre-order it or you can request it from your library and sometimes libraries if you're the one who makes the request will put you at the top of the wait list (laughs) such power so let's get started with this episode with me and aaron galloway talking about 2021 books from berkeley i am aaron galloway the deputy director of publicity for berkeley a imprint at Penguin Random House. And if you read Berkeley books, you know us for uh, fantastic commercial fiction. And if you know me, uh, you know that one of my personal favorite genres is romance. So that is what I am here to talk about today. Awesome. So I know that this year has been very weird for promoting books. 
Oh, that is putting it mildly. Very, very strange. What are some of the things that have worked really well for you and your team dealing with trying to announce books this year and get people aware of them? Well, in a year like this, where everything is clearly a trash fire, um, <laughs> still a bit. Yeah, people are struggling for so many different reasons. I mean, struggling to meet basic needs, number one. Um, struggling, obviously, with mental health, with anxiety, with so many different things. Um, And if your basic needs are met, then probably the things that are causing you fear and anxiety on a daily basis are your health, the health of, you know, your, your loved ones and those you're close to. And I think when we have all been in a moment like that for eight plus, you know, close to nine months now, um, Uh what do you need? Uh, You need something to get your mind off of uh, the everyday horror to some degree. Yes. So true. You're so right about that. I mean, my traffic supports that statement. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So for us as publicists, it was thinking a lot about what books do we have that speak to that experience that can either like with horror, let you explore your fear and anxiety in a safe way. Uh, Or um, like one of the wonderful things about this year is that mysteries are getting a lot of attention, particularly cozy mysteries, because there is a guaranteed ending. You know, the good folks are going to solve the problem. They are going to win the day. Um, and half the time they're doing it like from an armchair. So the, the stakes aren't quite so high. It's very reassuring. Um, the word cozy yeah. is in the name. Yeah, there's usually a dog or a cat on the cover. I mean, sometimes some delicious baked goods. So mm. it's a. I think what we do really well is comfort reads. Uh, that's certainly true in romance. And mm-hmm. look, if you want to read about someone... Um, you know, escaping and having a, a journey or a life path that you can't take right now because you're legit stuck in your home. Yes. And we have that to offer. And that's what we kept offering our, our media contacts is look, if you want to escape, I have a book for you. And yep. it was really interesting. You know, media is very fast paced. These are all folks that have, um, you know, very specific deadlines. They're all working at max capacity from home on computers that are just not to not meant to handle the amount of Zoom while simultaneously doing emails, chats, composing, you know, uh, various writing. And when we would reach out to these folks, it was really incredible sort of the, the personal touch that mattered a lot this year. I would hear back from media, not even always confirming uh, coverage, but just to say, it's really nice to hear from you. How are you? Are you okay? Are you in the city? Are you outside the city? Uh, there was very much a we're all in this together feeling. Mm-hmm. And that was unique to this year and also really nice. Uh, and I'm fortunate that my books truly are feel good reads. Uh, so when I was reaching out, that's what I had to share with people. And, um, you know, I, I think for us, it was just trying to capitalize on what we knew we had to offer uh, yeah. and doing it in a way that felt very personal and natural for each of us. Yes. Yes, I know when we were talking earlier, um, you said something about how you've been sending pitch emails saying, well, I'm in my high school bedroom, <laughs> back with my parents. Yep. That's great. So that's the thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just put it all out there. I said, I am literally back in the bedroom that I came home from the hospital and was placed into. Uh, I was told by my mother that her house does not come with housekeeping services. And therefore, I am to make my bed every single day, no exceptions. And oh my gosh. she told me that in the middle of a workday, after walking past my bedroom multiple times when the bed was not made, and she came down the hall and was like, you need to go make that bed and you need to do it now. I don't care what meetings you have. I don't care what <laughs> emails you need to send. This is my house. You are living in it. Those are the rules. And, you know, that that's a pretty low bar for her to have for me. Yeah. So understandable. I was happy to make the bed. 
Uh, it was just very funny, you know, to have. Right, because you don't expect be like, excuse me from this meeting, I have to go make my bed real quick. Yeah, no, I, I was not anticipating that. But uh, at the mm-hmm. same time, my parents and I really enjoy each other's company. And That's very good. I, I'm so fortunate for that. But it is funny. And, you know, I don't think they ever anticipated I would come home again at this stage in my life and live for a really extended period of time. Uh, but we're counting it as like a rare blessing in this pandemic. Yeah. yeah. That you get to be with people who you like being with is, is a yes. definite win. Without a doubt. Absolutely. Definite win. All right. So I want to know, please tell me about all the awesome books that you have coming in 2021. There are some titles I need to ask you about sure. for 2021. In fact, let me move my keyboard into position <laughs> so that I can start writing them down and not catch the sound of my keyboard on the microphone. I know you've got some titles. You, you sent me one. You were like, I cried laughing at this. Yeah. I literally cried laughing. Please tell me all about your books. Oh, I'm so excited to share. And, you know, first I have to say we have obviously an exhaustive list. So what I'm going to share today is only uh, a fraction of what we have to offer. And we'd be here for hours if I got to talk about every book that I've read or loved. Um, so I'm going to try and narrow it down. Uh, just for the sake of all of you listening. So you only have to hear Mm -hmm. some of me. Uh, And I'm going to kind of go in chronological order just to make it easy on everybody. So the first one that I wanted to mention is The X Talk by Rachel Lynn Solomon. And I mean, it's perfect because it's, you know, based on kind of this radio show podcast idea and I'm on a podcast. So perfect to start with it. Uh, It comes out in January, and uh, Rachel is a YA author moving for the first time um, into adult fiction. And we've done this with a couple of different uh, YA authors, certainly as have, um, you know, other publishers with uh, with great success. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to this first book from her. And it's such a fun concept in that we all know that public radio uh, does struggle to maintain funding. Um, And that is certainly the truth in this book where our hero and heroine are at a public radio station in Seattle. And the heroine is, you know, a longtime producer. She's really wanting to move up the chain. And she kind of casually tosses out, you know, a way to get more listeners is wouldn't it be interesting if they did like a kind of a dating show with two exes giving dating advice. And it's a little bit of a shot in the dark, not entirely serious on her part. And she just so, yeah, yeah I mean, you, but you've been in meetings, right? The oh. minute you toss out a random idea, that's the one. And you're like, wow, I wish I hadn't said that with my face. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I have been there. Meetings always go. Absolutely. The thing you toss out is like to make yourself laugh is the thing that someone else is like, that's brilliant. And you're like, oh mm-hmm. no, that's not actually oh, what crap. I wanted to do here. Um, so that's what happens to her. And she has a very contentious, uh, relationship with one of her colleagues, Dominic Yoon. He's a, hey, I'm, I just graduated from Northwestern and I'm really fabulous attitude going on, or at least that's how she sees it. So her boss thinks, ooh, here are two people that kind of already have this very um, sparring you know, relationship. Wouldn't it be great to put them on the air as exes? Uh, problem, they aren't actually exes. Uh, uh- Oh, yep. They have never dated. Uh, But the radio station thinks, well, this could really get us some listeners. And of course, the radio station is right. It does get them listeners and rather quickly. Uh, So this gimmick that she tossed out uh, becomes a lie that really does sort of take over her life. So it's not a fake relationship. It's a fake former relationship. Yes. A fake former relationship. Exactly. So that's a fun new twist. Nifty twist. And of course they don't want anyone to know that they're lying. That would destroy their, their credibility. Uh, And both of them are, you know, they have journalistic integrity. They are not comfortable with this. Um, But the added layer here is that with the way things are going at the station, it's pretty clear that, Uh, People are going to lose jobs in the upcoming months, and this is an opportunity for each of them to stay employed. They have to lie to families, telling their families and friends, oh, we dated quietly, we didn't make a big deal out of it. Um, You know, and what do you do when this person that you pretend dated, but not really, 
and now have to fake it about. Um, you have to go on a couple of real dates to actually get to know each other because how on earth are you going to talk about your failed relationship if you don't know anything about each other? And what happens if, oops, you actually decide that you like the person? What do you do then? Oh my God, what a simple yet compelling twist on a really familiar trope. It is so well executed. And I just loved these characters. I mean, it's like you said, it's a wonderful concept that we all understand instantly. And the characters really just bring it uh, such life. Um, They're each so uh, by turns like vulnerable um, and strong in their own ways. And I was just delighted. Um, So I'm really excited for people to start reading this one. Elise mentioned that she is reading it now. And she says that she's only a few chapters in, but there is so much competence porn yes. in terms of public radio and radio. And, and, and at one point she said, like, please explain how being a radio producer works in incredible detail. It is deeply soothing to my brain. So not only do you have the cozy element, yeah. but you have competence. Yes. And uh, uh, competence is very sexy and compelling to me, I can say, personally speaking, Absolutely. especially right now. Like, oh, you know what you're doing and you're doing it on purpose? Yes. Tell me, tell me, tell me everything. Tell yes. me more. I really appreciate someone that is competent at their job um, yes. and that you don't have to question will do the job oh. well. No, I mean, that's... Yeah, competence is really a, a sort of trust if you think about it. And Absolutely. I trust yeah. you and I rely on you mm-hmm. to do the thing you said you were going to do. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. This book has it in spades. Awesome. So yeah, that's on that's on my please read soon list. Might be my holiday reading list. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good escape. And another one that is just, it's again, such a great concept and delightful. Uh, and that is A Lady's Formula for Love by Elizabeth Everett. And I just can't get enough of this concept where it is a secret society of lady scientists. And they create this secret society in, I believe I'm getting it right, Victorian England. I always mm-hmm. mess up the ages. So forgive me, Elizabeth, if I've gotten it wrong. Um, but the, uh, the great thing is they've created this, you know, supposedly women's club. It's kind of like instead of a gentleman's club, you know, like whites or one of those from back then, this is a ladies club. Uh, what you don't know is that once you enter the doors, there are laboratories and there are women doing experiments and various exciting things behind uh, closed doors. So it's really interesting. And our heroine, uh, Lady Violet, who presides over uh, the society, and it's actually her property uh, where the building is, she has been doing, um, you know, some some sort of experiments and things uh, in service to the crown. And there is the possibility that she is in danger. So a protection officer is hired for her, a.k.a. a bodyguard. Oh, yes. And, I, and if, you're, yes. if you're mm-hmm. seeing bodyguard romance here, you are seeing correctly. Oh, speaking of competence. Oh, Man, yes. it's a core competency. You mm-hmm. have to keep me from not being dead. Indeed. Very fundamental competence level for your bodyguard. Indeed. And Arthur like presents a very stern, very British figure. Uh, What I really loved about him though, like this little bit of humor is he has been to the States before and the way he speaks about Americans is hilarious. He finds (laughs) them over the top, brash, too much. And I mean, I am an American, so I know exactly what he means. Oh, yeah. Um, So it's just really humorous to get that element. And of course, you know, Lady Violet, um, competence is very appealing to her. Um, And she has not had, uh, you know, a great um, history with romantic relationships. Um, Her and her late husband believed that they would be a good match. And unfortunately, they really weren't. Um, He swept her away. And as she puts it, the the things that initially drew them together were exactly the things that did not make the marriage work long-term, which is unfortunate. And he was a bit older, so he's passed on. Mm -hmm. And since then, she really hasn't had any relationships, any dalliances. 
um, not even any spark. So Arthur is quite a shock to her senses um, in, in every way. And it's just delightful for her to really notice him as a man and also not really know how to flirt competently. So the way that things come across with her is like, oh, you are very strong and, and smell very nice. Thank you for rescuing me um, from the fact that my house was on fire. Like just very, you know, I just loved the way that they uh, approach one another. And Arthur is trying, you know, very hard uh, to maintain his professional distance. Because you can imagine as a bodyguard, that is part of your core competency is not to uh, get emotionally attached uh, to who you're protecting. And or physically attached. Or, or physically try attached. Try to avoid that too. Which, yeah, that seems- let's just say Arthur is not successful. Oh, darn. <laughs> it's fun. There's some great banter. And who doesn't want to have a secret society of lady scientists doing mm-hmm. experiments and occasionally blowing some stuff up? Like, fantastic. And the cover is really cute, too. Right? We had such fun with that cover. And they really put some thought into that. Because you can see, like, some of the cute little design elements. Yes. Uh, obviously. Yes, exactly. The, um, the art team has a real, uh, real good time doing our romance covers. Have the illustrated covers really worked for for the titles that you've released this year? Because I've noticed more and more illustrated images with different stylistic differences yeah. by genre. But yes. it looks like like it really looks like the trend is full on illustrated covers. Yeah. This is what we're producing now. Yes, uh, and they are working well. Um, and I, I suppose that really shouldn't be a surprise because everything in terms of cover treatments is cyclical. Um, oh yeah, of course. <laughs> different next year. Don't worry. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we really, um, you know, notice the uh, the kind of change in coming back to an illustrated cover uh, when we did the wedding date. Mm-hmm. You know, now um, a little over two years ago, which is just wild to think. You know, that it was right? just that short time ago, um, and you know, we sort of imagined when we did that illustrated cover, like, oh well, it's been a while since there have been illustrated covers, like that would be interesting. Let's try that again. Cause we did um, want something that looked different from other romances that we had published or others had published recently. And mm-hmm. there was such a positive reaction to it that I thought, well, let's do some more. And then it just kept, uh, sort of became a self-fulfilling prophecy um, that they became very popular again. And certainly you know, that's not just us. There are many other publishers with illustrated covers and, you know, illustrated covers never really left like the YA world. Um, but I think of them, you know, kind of like what probably what was early two thousands, like chiclet. There were some romances that were illustrated back then. Um, uh, Jennifer Cruzy had some, uh, Katie McAllister even, so it's not like it's a brand new um, trend. And when people no. said to me, like, well, where did this come from? Like, it, it's, it just came back. I mean, it's like 80s fashion. It returns every yeah. so often, you know, as well. And listen, I have given up my Jersey driver's license, but I do know the public publishing gospel of Bruce Springsteen, which is that everything dies. And that's a fact. But everything that dies one day comes back. Yes. And, and illustrative covers have been the standard for contemporary romance in the UK for ages and ages and oh, ages. I know yes. seeing two covers for books like Sarah Morgan's book, the U.S. cover has photographs. Yep. The U.K. cover is illustration. Yeah, you're exactly right. And, mm-hmm. you know, we try to distinguish to some degree um, because certain, uh, I think certain elements become very recognizable or, or denote certain connotations. So obviously with historical, um, you know, you'll notice that there are a variety of historical covers on the market that if illustrated all have a very kind of silhouette effect. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that that is such a recognizable, almost pride and prejudice feel that people really are able to convey exactly what that book is going to be about simply by that cover uh, trend. Um, So it's been a lot of fun to pursue this. And you know, I'm sure our designers are thinking, okay, what are they going to task us with next? But thankfully, <laughs> they are a very creative bunch and they really like challenges. So when we offered them the challenge with the wedding day of 
give us something that feels classic and trendy and different, uh, go. They managed to come up with that. So for sure. Thankfully, they work well in like, this is the tone I'm looking for. This is the overall mm-hmm. style. And they somehow make magic out of that. Yes. And cover cover designers and art directors are fascinating people to mm. listen to because like we've talked about, the cover has to convey a lot in yes. one look. Like yes. it's not like it's, it, it's, you remember those old, I like could way back in your days at Dorchester, mm-hmm. the covers that had the sort of prism where the image would sort of move. Oh, absolutely. I remember, remember those. those? Well. Yes. I still have yeah, some. So, yeah. Like I, they were, pr- that was prismatic or prism yeah. style or something. It had yes. a name. I don't remember the name, but you, you, you don't get an animated GIF as a cover. No. It doesn't, that doesn't work. No, absolutely not. And that image has to do so much work. It's really interesting to me to see different reader groups reacting to them. Yes. I know Amanda has said a few times when she's working at uh, Belmont in, in, in Boston, mm-hmm. the romance readers who come in and want the trade illustrated covers are not interested in clinch cover yeah. mass market. They yep. don't think it's the same thing. And I'm yes. fascinated by that. Like, I'm not going to you know, argue or lecture with a reader. You, you read how you want to read and yeah. I get it. That's the thing that attracts you. And I'm such yeah. a digital reader. I, I don't, I don't see the cover right at the time. Of course. Sorry. Yeah. And if I'm getting an arc, it doesn't have a cover. So, yep. you know, so, I mean, my perspective is completely unique in this one. It's fascinating yeah. to see how different readers respond to changes in trend. It is. And I mean, one of the things that we really believed when we released The Wedding Day and Helen Wands The Kiss Quotient is that there was, there had always been such a capacity for romance to transcend um, people that were self-identifying romance readers. I have yeah. always believed that romance should expand far beyond um, the core romance community as we know it today, because these books are fabulous. If you're listening to this podcast, you already know that. I don't need to convince yes. you. Um, we already know what's inside the package. If you yes. say it's a romance, we already know yes. what we're getting. You're already you going to pick it up. The box. Yes. yes. So this we is my detergent. Just yeah. don't, don't don't change the everything about it. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's new yeah. Coke. It doesn't suck. Yes. <laughs> Well, exactly. And it's why we tried to come up with a package that was attractive to a reader that didn't know what romance could be, that only thinks of romance in maybe the 1980s clinch version. And there's nothing wrong with a classic 1980s clinch cover. I still have some of them in my collection. Um, But I really, I think that there is this connotation of what's included in those pages uh, instead, it's okay. Well, how can we appeal to you? How do we meet you where you are? And we meet you where you are with a cover that looks fun, escapist, uh, modern, that speaks to your sensibilities. And one of the things we know is that a younger readership, you know, uh, the so called millennial readership, if you want to call it that, is very interested in trade paperback fiction. You know, that's a, a price point that they're comfortable with. It's a size and a, um, very Instagrammable, uh, yes. you know, product. It's a visual, it's a visual yeah. accessory. Absolutely. Yeah. And we the book were, has a lot of per- roles there. Oh, indeed. We were not unaware of all of those roles in designing those covers. Um, but I, even at our, our wildest dreams, I don't think we saw, um, the boom that would come you know, for romance. And this is me having watched multiple romantic kind of cycles of romance booms in my publishing career. Oh, for sure. And still each one to some degree catches me a little bit by surprise because I know what I love and I kind of know what I start to hear, um, Mm -hmm. you know, in, uh, in the chatter in our community and in the right spheres. But it's really when it hits that critical tipping point and becomes a zeitgeist moment, that is what's exciting. And you can hope for it. You can pray for it. You can try and prepare for it. But there is just that little piece of indefinable magic that comes along every so often. And it's all these things converging at once. It's the fact that finally Netflix realized that you can do smart, sassy rom-coms uh, and you can sometimes base them on books and all, a good point. you know, all of a sudden that was coming in at the time, 
you know, that we were launching Jasmine and Helen and pretty soon we were off to the races, you know, as were many, many authors, uh, you know, as well. So um, I, I don't take away from any of them either because there are so many other fabulous authors that were already publishing um, and were able to capitalize on the fact that suddenly everyone was noticing rom-coms. And, mm-hmm. you know, thank goodness, because fantastic contemporary romance has been around uh, for a long, long time. And now finally folks that, um, you know, maybe thought I'm not a romance reader, they're discovering they are. And that's what's Absolutely. wonderful. Erin and I will be right back with more books that you want to listen to or read in 2021 and discussions of how cover art comes to be. But I wanted to take a quick break to tell you about something very special that Amanda and I are doing. If you've ever wanted to listen to us do a live show or you are one of the listeners who tries to talk to us when you're listening, I know you're out there and I do that too. Heads up, I have something extra more fun. Starting on Tuesday, February 2nd and over the next few weeks, Amanda and I are going to be hosting an after-party live show Tuesday evenings at 7.30 Eastern on Stereo. Stereo is a free live broadcast platform that allows us to talk to you in real time, but through avatars, so neither of us have to brush our hair or put on makeup. We're going to host the live conversation Tuesday night, 7.30 Eastern on the Stereo app. You'll be able to listen to us and record messages for us to play during the conversations. We're going to do random silly trivia. We're going to discuss the essentials of good quarantines, sweatpants, and of course, we're going to talk about food and books. And probably recommending drinks. And we want to hear from you so you can be part of the fun. All you need to do is download the free stereo app and select smart bitches so you can connect with us when we're live. There is a whole avatar building component that Amanda and I had way too much fun with. Just go to stereo.com slash smart bitches to get started and stay tuned for more ways to engage with us on stereo at the end of this episode. That's stereo.com slash smart bitches. Now back to the show. So when you're doing uh, cover development, is there a sort of a, a moment where you're like, okay, how's this cover going to look with the overhead shot flat lay with the fuzzy socks pulled up to the knee and the big fluff blanket? Is this a fluff blanket cover or is this more of a hardscape window steamy cup of something cover? Like, do you guys think about it in terms of Instagram and bookstagram? Not every single time. You'd make yourself crazy <laughs> if you did. Yeah, um, sure, yeah. But there was absolutely a moment when we did the Kiss Quotient cover that we decided, oh, that background has to pop. That background has to be a strong pop background. And we tried multiple backgrounds out for that cover. And when we got to teal, it was as if everyone said, oh, Oh. why didn't we do that from the beginning? You know, Um, (laughs) because the other colors were beautiful and looked, you know, gorgeous, but that teal, um, you know, that has an iconic feel to it now. And we all got that little, I call it the little tingle where you just sort of know, like there's something here and, um, and you know, the rest is history. So what other books do you want to mention, my friend? Yeah. All right. So this next one, um, probably everybody has heard me talk about the fact that I love romantic suspense. So Sarah, apologies, because there's always no, it's okay. people in jeopardy in romantic suspense. Uh, but I have to mention um, Laura Griffin's Flight. Uh, I have read Laura for many years, um, and she only just came to Berkeley. Uh, this well joined us this past year, but we we really just started publishing her uh, this mm-hmm. year. And I love procedurals, really love like police procedurals. And when there's like a little bit of a love story, even better. So I'm a longtime fan of Laura's. I like that she always incorporates investigators, uh, often journalists. And this particular one is really fun. It's set in a small Texas seaside town. You have a forensic photographer who is very burned out. And you can understand why, you know, if you think about crime scenes and what you have to photograph. And in her her tenure as a crime scene, you know, photographer, it, it got to be a lot and she really needs a break. So she's in this beautiful little seaside town. Uh, she's contracted to do some, you know, beautiful nature photography. And she's out one day um, getting some very early morning shots of birds and comes across a boat that isn't moving and 
she sees something in it and it's a couple, a couple that is now dead. Oh, and you know, it is a suspense after all. It is a suspense. And so she does what I, I think really is instinct. She starts taking photographs because she's the very first person there. She knows what needs to be done. She takes the photographs, but she is very shaken, uh, returns to shore, um, does not have her phone with her, but asks uh, for some uh, a local's help to contact the authorities. And when the local detective arrives and he starts interviewing her, he gets the sense that like she knows a little bit more than she's saying, and he's not sure why uh, until later that day when he finds out Oh, she took a whole bunch of photographs that are real good, way better than our own crime scene photographer took photographs and shared them, you know, with, uh, you know, his office to say, like, I know that you're going to need this. Here are some things that I picked up, um, you know, or noticed, I should say, here are some things that she noticed when she took the photographs. So if you are guessing that the detective is very intrigued by this lady, you are correct. And obviously, they start investigating this crime together. Um, you know, there's folks in jeopardy. Uh, there's trying to figure out, you know, why would this um, beautiful young couple who seemingly had everything going for them um, suddenly wind up, you know, murdered in a boat, uh, kind of in the middle of nowhere. So it's a lot of fun. Laura does, I mean, I know that's a strange thing to say in a murder book, but it is a lot of fun. And the relationship is wonderful. There is a fantastic dog and the dog is still alive at the end of the book, Sarah. Don't worry. Thank you. I appreciate the reassurance. You're welcome. And uh, I really, I love Laura's procedural. So if you're into procedurals, I highly recommend. And it is the first in um, another series that we have uh, with her. So I have to tell you, I have been rereading like one and a half mm. books a day rereading the entire fucking side changeling series. And oh, those are yes. procedurals. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're shifter procedurals, but they're procedurals yeah. and yeah. they're fantasy and they're suspense. Yes. I'm, and there's yes. a lot of sexy times. And I'm oh. like, wow, looking at these from a different, and, I, and I'll be honest with you. When I reread Nalini and I get to the violence parts, I do start to skim because she, she, that's okay. No shame. She murders some people. Yes, she There's does. murdering that happens. There's yes. some murdering that goes Indeed. on. Indeed. In Always so deserved. Over, oh, yeah. It, it's not, it's not like a question. It's like, oh, do I want to put that in my brain? I will just skip ahead a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I get it. The, the yeah. attraction of the bad people are going to get shut down. Yes. In delightfully gruesome ways. It's yes. Very reassuring. I can see why mysteries yes. and suspense are really popular right now. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that's why I like Laura, because you know, you're going to get a guaranteed happy ending. You know that the good folks are going to save the day, solve the mm-hmm. mystery. Um, it is incredibly satisfying. And for a, a completion oriented person like myself, I really like that guarantee um, that they are going to competently solve this case uh, and there will be justice. I think probably I have talked about it maybe on here or certainly quite a bit publicly, how much I loved our novel, Aisha at Last by Usma Jalaluddin, uh, two years ago now, I believe. And mm-hmm. um, she has another book coming out with us, Hana Khan Carries On. Whereas That's right? a good title. Isn't that great? And whereas last time it was very reminiscent um, of Pride and Prejudice, this time she really gives the story a You've Got Mail vibe, which is a lot of fun. Um, There are competing, you know, halal restaurants where our heroine is the daughter of a um, wonderful chef uh, who has owned her restaurant uh, in Toronto for 15 years. And, you know, the restaurant has seen better days. Um, The family has had its share of hardships and burdens and their little community, they have really been able to rely on to, you know, patronize their establishment for years. Well, who comes to town but a new investor who wants to launch his own halal restaurant very close to theirs. And it has all the splash and flash a new restaurant has when it comes in. Uh, Lots of investing behind it. And it is a father and son who are opening it. And, uh, well, let's just say that the son makes some mistakes in how he approaches Hannah. Uh, oh. Mm-hmm. 
He, he offers some unsolicited advice on how she and her mom could improve said restaurant and what will happen if they don't. This fucking guy. Yep. Oh, God. Just not wise, especially when he develops quite an attraction to Hannah and really struggles when, uh, you know, he's really falling for her. And what do you do when you have alienated her so completely? And running parallel to this, Hannah's real passion is not serving her in her mother's restaurant. That is a requirement because she is a member of the family. But her, her, her real passion is radio. And in order to sort of develop her skills and really share, um, you know, about her life as mm-hmm. a uh, Canadian Muslim woman, she decides to launch her own podcast and she does so anonymously. Uh, she really talks about issues that are important to her, um, things about family and the secrets that we share and what those secrets reveal about us and others. Um, she's talking about, you know, her life and things that matter to her. And she starts to get, you know, regular communication from one of her early listeners, Stanley P, or at least that's the name he goes by online. And she and Stanley develop a a very close, you know, texting back or messaging back and forth relationship. And, you know, she starts to wonder who, who is Stanley? And Stanley's wondering who she is. And well, they agree that they will not share any um, information, identifying information about mm-hmm. themselves. Uh, you can all probably guess. And we all know how that turns out. Maybe. And uh, it is great fun to see these two really begin um, a courtship process in a very unique way. And if you love descriptions of really delicious food then read this book with the warning that you want food <laughs> nearby. Um, because yeah. I was hungry from start to finish. I love some good food porn to go with my competence porn. Yes, indeed. That's awesome. And I, I will also say that if you um, are really appreciative of, uh, you know, a, an exploration of a community by a member of that community, that's what you're getting from Usma. And she touches on a lot of different things, you know, family complexities, um, how family heals when it goes through tragedy, uh, and also an exploration of what the immigrant family experiences like, the the good, the bad, and the very ugly. Um, So I really appreciated all those facets um, being shown in a uh, sympathetic and honest way in this book. Um, So highly recommend Usma. Awesome. Yes. And then, uh, oh, and I would be remiss if I did not talk about Rosie Dannon. So probably a lot of you know Rosie from her fantastic book, The Roommate. And the concept of that book is still one of the most fun to me. Take a Connecticut blue blood, bring her out to California thinking she's moving in with her childhood crush. Oops, his band gets a gig and he leaves and he leaves her with a subletter real sexy subletter. Uh, so mm-hmm. sexy that he is a porn star. Yep. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good, good times are had by so all. much discussion internally <laughs> among the smart bitches reviewers. So much discussion about this book. I, I am certain there is a lot to discuss, uh, in that novel. And one of the things that I loved about that book was, you know, this exploration of, um, you know, kind of feminism to some degree and, uh, women's agency, owning your sexuality, what that means. And I really loved that Rosie um, subverted uh, the sort of expected uh, in having the ex-girlfriend of our hero in book one be such a fantastic character, not at all a, a jealous character of the hero's relationship with this new love in his life. Um, she, right. she does give him some smacks upside the head when she thinks he needs them. Um, but she is a they have really a healthy yes, relationship. Ve- yeah. Very much so. And I really was compelled by her story and wanted to see what would happen with her. Well, what happens is that uh, she meets a very handsome rabbi in the intimacy experiment. 
So Sarah, I will admit, I did bring this up knowing that there was a sexy rabbi just for you. I'm, I'm, I, 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 I'm intrigued, yes. So I, our, our heroine, Naomi, is really interested in taking seriously the fact that she wants to be an educator because um, she really thinks that that's what she has to offer the world. I can offer education on on sex, you know, sex, sexuality, intimacy. Um, yeah. But it is difficult for someone with her resume yeah. to be accepted uh, in academic circles. Uh, so she winds up at this conference and gets an incredibly unexpected offer to be a guest lecturer at a temple. And that is not what she is expecting. And she is not expecting this, you know, too hot to be true rabbi. And so when she really takes his offer seriously and thinks, well, maybe this is my opportunity to do a guest lecture series and Mm -hmm. to really show what I have to offer, they develop this syllabus on modern intimacy. And as she begins to offer this course, which, as you can imagine, is populated by wonderful and quirky people uh, from the temple. Of course. Um, well, you have our hot rabbi and our guest lecturer also start following, start following this syllabus themselves. Oh, nice. Yes, it is. Very nice. It's great fun. And again, Rosie subverts a lot of um, the things that one would expect in a book like this, but really this, this exploration of what real intimacy is and how critical um, faith, honesty, and vulnerability are mm-hmm. in developing actual, you know, real life intimacy. Um, for sure. Particularly for a woman that knows how her body works. She knows what she can, you know, use her body for. And Mm -hmm. she's uninterested in using her body um, to get where she needs to go. She built a career on that very successfully um, and with no shame. That's not where she's going now. Yeah. Yeah. That's where she's been and where she's going is somewhere different. And to see someone that has such strong walls start to, um, you know, little kind of unbuilding blocks, bring those down is a, it's a very satisfying read. Plus, I think those covers are also really fun. We tried to do um, something a little different with those covers to differentiate them um, from, you know, from other books that we have published. Uh, I, I think we say that with every single cover that we do. And obviously, the challenge is how do you set every single one apart? It makes me very glad I am a publicist and not yes. a designer. Yeah, you're going to run out of colors for the backgrounds eventually. I, I know. I think that all the time. I am very grateful that is someone else's day job and not mine. <laughs> and I'll, I'll try and keep the next couple brief because I know we only have so much time. Um, but if there are any uh, Beth O'Leary fans out there, mm-hmm. uh, fans mm-hmm. of the flat share, then I recommend our upcoming The Road Trip uh, by Beth. And this is great fun because you have two exes uh, who were deeply in love, broke up two years ago, have not spoken since, and, well, they have a little car accident on the way to a mutual friend's wedding in rural Scotland. Uh Uh-oh. So what happens is only one car makes it successfully out of that accident. And they've all got to pile into that car. So you've got, oh, oh yeah, oh. you've got the exes. You've got the hero's best friend. You've got the heroine's sister. Uh, and a random guy from Facebook that said he could use a ride. So imagine them crammed in to, uh, you know, a little mini car because it's the UK. Good. Awesome. And those times. cars are little itty bitty. Too. I mean, that's a serious forced proximity. Those oh, are some yeah. itty bitty cars. Oh, yeah. And while literally crammed together like sardines, uh, oh, yeah. our hero and heroine, Dylan and Abby, uh, really have to confront um, what, what separated them, what really drove them apart, and was their final decision to end that relationship the right one? So there's Oh, there's everything. There is humor, there's banter, 
there's a road trip. Uh, there is this obviously more eventful than any road trip I've ever been on. Um, and there's, you know, a really compelling romance and lots of um, British-isms. So it is most That's enjoyable. Fun. I highly recommend. Fabulous. Yes. And I have been putting you off on the book that made me laugh until I cried. So I have to I noticed, talk. I did notice that. Um, um, I, I did notice. wanted to be I, sure I, that I had time to properly gush. Um, okay. So this book is, I should start by saying that I think this book melds um, the best of a fast-paced mystery caper with, um, you know, the charm of a rom-com and the poignancy of women's fiction. So that is a bit of a genre buster. That's a lot of things happening in one book. It is, for sure. Um, it is called Dial A for Aunties by Jesse mm-hmm. Q. Satanto. And it is also uh, Crazy Rich Asians meets Weekend at Bernie's. And oh my. if you think that sounds bananas and bonkers, it is. And <laughs> in all the best ways. Um, you have our, our charming heroine, uh, Medi, who is in a wedding business with her mom and aunties. And at the request of her family, she goes out on this blind date reluctantly. And uh, oops, she kills her blind date. Well, you know, I guess it happens. What are you going to do? Uh, so she calls her ma and aunties and it's like, okay, what, what do we do? What do we do with this dead body? Well, they come up with a plan. Um, but things don't go according to that plan. That body no, they never do. is accidentally shipped in a cooler um, to the billionaire's wedding that they're working on that weekend. Of course. Of course they did. No. Yeah, absolutely. As, as happens. Mm-hmm. So as you do. There she, her mom and the aunties are running around the resort, carting the dead body around, trying to figure out how to successfully get it away from the resort. And who does she run into but her lost college love? Obviously, he's there on the craziest day of her life. Of course. At the most important wedding of her career. So she's got to figure out how to avoid getting arrested because of the dead body. Uh, How to win back the love of her life. And how to make sure her ma and aunties, like, uh, don't mess everything up with their bajillion disagreements. Of course. It's a cake. I mean, I read this and I literally laughed until tears were rolling down my face. My family came and checked on me because they needed to know what was happening. Um, (laughs) I remember the editor, uh, Cindy, calling me and she said, I've got this book and you have to read. And whenever Cindy says that, I know. I mean, I just know that I am in for a real treat. And from page one, I was like, oh, this is incredible. And I fell so deeply in love uh, that I was texting Cindy that night, like this line, this thing that happened, you do anything you can to acquire this book. I'm... And I was so thrilled when we won the auction for this book. I mean, I would have done anything to get this book. And then once we had it, I mean, I was willing to fight off any comer to be the publicist on this book. No one else was allowed to work on it. Um, I mean, they could work on it with me, but I had to be on the book. Um, so thankfully, you know, my, my boss understood um, that it was in his best interest to allow me. Yeah, um, just get out of the way on this campaign. And I'm just so excited for people to read this book because it's the book that kind of broke my pandemic block. I think all of us have struggled with reading blocks, TV blocks, you know, every kind of block you could have during um, this pandemic, we've all had. And I needed a book that would really let me escape, make me laugh, completely take me out of uh, what was happening on a day-to-day basis. And that book did all of that. And the author calls it a love story to her family um, because she's like, you think this book is nuts? You haven't met my family. And uh, the book is about a Chinese-Indonesian family. The author is Chinese-Indonesian. 
And she, um, she has a lot of experience with weddings. She was a wedding photographer and she was explaining to me that culturally it's very normal, um, you know, for Chinese Indonesian families to have these massive weddings and Mm -hmm. it's considered rather shameful, uh, in her family that she only had 1500 people at hers. Sarah. I don't even know 1500, 1500. Same, same. I mean, but she had to use the small ballroom. So I have really enjoyed this book from start to finish. And I'm, I'm just over the mood for people to, you know, finally read it next year. Thank you so much for giving me the rundown of what people should be uh, looking forward to next year. Of course. It's nice to know there's going to be a new year and that we have things to do. Tell me about it. And, and that's, I mean, that was really just my preview into uh, June. So stay oh, tuned man. folks, because There's got a more. whole lot coming and I'll just, I'll just drop this little tidbit. I will tell you more about it later, but I have to say payback's a witch coming this fall. Just two words, queer witches. Oh, hello. Yes. It is such a good time. It is such a good time. Lady, 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 ladies, loving ladies. Oh, you queer got ladies. it. You got it. Two, uh, two ladies um, who are rather irritated with the man that cheated on both of them. And it's just, you know, an all around jerk. Um, they decide to form a little pact with another woman that is a friend of theirs and get back at this guy. And in oh. the course of magically, uh, literally magically because they're witches, getting back at him, two of the ladies fall in love. And oh, no. it's, oh, so much fun, so much banter, so many good times uh, in a town that is essentially a magical star's hollow. Oh, my. Yep. That's nice. Yeah. Lana Harper does it right in this one. So I, I will be happy to share more as we get a little closer to next fall. Um, but just put that on the list of things that you I, ought to keep an eye out for. I will keep that in mind. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you to Aaron for hanging out with me. Yes, I will link to all of the books that we talked about. If they're available yet, they might not all be available online. And maybe we'll have Aaron come back and talk about the rest of 2021 because we always need more books to read, right? As I mentioned... Amanda and I are going to be hosting an after-party live podcast Tuesday evenings, 7.30, on Stereo, beginning February 2nd. Just go to Stereo.com slash SmartBitches to get started. The Stereo app allows us to bring you extra live content. We can interact with you during the show and provide a little extra mayhem and silliness in your week. Stereo can be downloaded for free by Apple and Android users. And once you download the app, you get to create your own avatar and profile. And the avatar creation process is very fun and took me way too long. You'll be able to submit audio messages to join in our conversation. So like I said, if you've ever caught yourself trying to talk to us while listening to the show, now you can interact with us live. We're going to do trivia, Q&A, debates. We're going to recommend books. And we're probably going to talk about more bonkers novellas we're reading because that's a lot of fun. We may even do a live stereo book club episode. So remember, Tuesday nights, 7.30 Eastern, Stereo.com slash Smart Pitches. That's Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, Stereo.com slash Smart Pitches. Hello again, and thank you to the Patreon community for making this and every episode possible. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate your support. And as always, I end the episode with a truly bad joke. If this is really bad... I even told this to my family, and the reaction was, ugh. So, get ready. You ready? I know you're ready. How do you get a computer drunk? How do you get your computer drunk? Screenshots. (laughs) It's it's just so bad. (laughs) Screenshots. Now I want to know if there's a cocktail called the screenshot. I bet there is, right? I'm sure there is. On behalf of everyone here, thank you for joining us for this episode. We'll be back next week, and next week's episode will include a special audiobook preview of a new Erica Ridley historical romance. You get a little bonus audiobook joy at the end. And we'll be back with more fun mayhem and silliness Tuesday nights at 7.30 Eastern on Stereo.com slash SmartBitches. Until then, have a great weekend, and we wish you the very best of reading. 
Smart Podcast Trashy Books is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.